You're listening to a New York Sports Nation production, enhancing your New York sports experience. Welcome to the Giants Nation Podcast, Episode 4. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner. Here by myself tonight, no Danny King. He's on vacation. In fact, we were going to take this show off, but Josina Anderson dropped an idiot bomb on us today about Landon Collins. we got a few things to get to uh, before we do the interview with Brandon Jacobs. All right, so uh, pretty much everyone saw it, but if, uh, if you haven't, let me remind you. Let me pull it up. We were just having ourselves a a normal Wednesday until old Josina Anderson, who might be the worst giant, worst worst reporter for ESPN, uh, always stirring the pot. She pulled this out here. One second. <clears throat> I'm told that Giant Safety Landon Collins cleaned out his locker today at the team facility and said his goodbyes to teammates, coaches, and trainers. It doesn't seem like Collins expects to be a Giant for much longer. Per sources. So she had sources. And then. The heart. The heart of Landon Collins is indisputable. From watching a lot of Giants games. And knowing what I know. This is a player who was a vocal leader. Played when hurt. And is the soul of the secondary. It's up to organizations in general. Not just NFL teams to show proper appreciation. So she's not only reporting this. That Landon Collins is done in New York. They're not going to franchise tag him. He's he's apparently gone. But that she's also accusing the Giants of, of not appreciating Landon Collins. So all Giants went ablaze, as you would expect. Until <clears throat> every single Giants beat reporter, the guys who are actually close to the team, the guys and gals like Patricia Leonard, uh, Art Stapleton, Dan Duggan, uh, Patrick Schwartz. I'll pull up one of their tweets. It said... Hold on one second. I'm told Land- <clears throat> this one's from Arch Stapleton. I'm told Landing Collins Locker at the New York Giants facility has not been cleaned out, and my understanding is that as of this tweet, nothing has changed from what I reported here yesterday. Tag's still in play between now and March fifth. So Jean- Josina Anderson just took Oh, oh sorry. Sorry before I before I rant on Josina Anderson. So Landing Collins replied the stuff in the the stuff in that locker that I have left, I do not need. One hundred. Okay. As you all know, Landing Collins is set to be an undraft or unrestricted free agent, unless he is franchise tagged. It was reported on Tuesday that he would be franchise tagged before the deadline hit on March fifth, and I think all Giants fans expected that before that was even reported. But Josina Anderson decided to report that because he's taking stuff out of his locker room and saying goodbye, that his time is clearly done with the Giants. He's never going to play for the Giants again and is accusing the Giants of not appreciating their players. Is she out of her mind? What? I just I don't know where this girl gets off. She constantly stirs the pot with the New York Giants. 
When Eli Manning was benched for Geno Smith, she was the only person in the media that said Geno Smith was the, was the right move. You have to be out of your mind to watch Geno Smith play what he did at the Jets and then think he's the better option and that we might have a future with him at quarterback instead of respecting Eli Manning. You want to talk about uh, organizations respecting players? Let's start with that. She's the one who begged Odell, with Lil Wayne there for some reason, to trash Eli. She was not going to let Odell leave that. And I put a lot of that on Odell, obviously. But she wasn't She wasn't happy until she he trashed uh, Eli. When she goes, then what is the problem? Just begging him to trash Eli. Uh, she was the the one saying that the the giant that McAdoo had lost the team, which he did, but she reported pretty early. Um, so you know, I'll give her the the benefit on the doubt on that one. But she's constantly causing strife with this team, and for her to make a leap like that, that because the guy's emptying stuff out of locker room and saying goodbye. Hey, Josina, did you know that he's an unrestricted free agent? So I just I don't know where she gets off making jumps to that conclusion. Of course, he needs to prepare that maybe he will leave. Maybe they won't franchise tag him. Or maybe it'll be turned out into this long, dragged-out, knockout kind of battle and negotiations, and the Giants let him walk like, say, a Josh Norman did with Carolina a few years back. So, of course, he's going to take the stuff that's important to him. So it, it just doesn't make any sense. Any player would do that. If it, it just blows my mind that she made that leap and then called out the Giants organization. She's the absolute worst, and she's just a pot star. I, I, I don't understand... And I blame, uh, I don't know if Landon Collins was the one who brought this to her. Um, And I think Landon Collins' tweet was almost saving her face. But I just do not get why Giants players have a relationship with her when she's constantly attacking the Giants. I don't understand why she doesn't like the Giants. It's got to be something deep rooted in there that makes her just not stand the Giants. I do not understand it. And then the Giants are going to franchise tag Landon Collins. It would make absolutely no sense for them not to. The only way they don't is, one, if they get a contract down, obviously. But, two, if they just didn't want Landon Collins and they want nothing to do with him. That's the only way they don't franchise tag him. There's, it would make no sense for him not to. Everyone's assuming that. And, obviously, Landon Collins wants a long-term contract. So, of course, he's going to make some hints that, oh, maybe I'll leave. Maybe I'll do this. Yeah, because he wants a contract. He doesn't want to get franchise tag. Players don't want to get franchise tag unless their name is Kirk Cousins. So, it's just absolutely aggravating to me that Josina Anderson can – Put this out, and then because Landon Collins saying, "Well, I took the stuff I need." Oh, we're supposed to. Oh, sorry, uh, Justina, you're right. Justina constantly stirs up trouble, and constantly tries to start lies. She blocked me for some reason, um, and it just it never ends with her. I just I wish Giants would stop giving her access, and the players would stop talking to her. Because really, it's why are the players talking to her? She you know she knew what she did when they went behind the Giants' uh, back and and did that uh, interview with Odell without permission. It just she she hates the Giants for some reason, and which you can hate the Giants, I don't care, but I just don't understand why she pretends to be friends with all those players, and yeah, Josina Anderson is a war. So uh, before we get to the interview, got a couple more house cleaning things. The media has gone crazy because there's nothing to talk about this week. Um, firstly, we're all of a sudden we're talking about Odell trade rumors for some reason. I don't know where that came from. Completely out of the blue, uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me that. Uh, Jay Glazier and Doug Gottlieb could just like make take, have a couple hot takes, and then all of a sudden we're talking Odell trade rumors. He's not getting traded. We said we're not going to trade him. Odell wants to get there. We just gave him a contract. So I just don't understand where these trade quote unquote trade rumors are coming from when there's just nothing of substance there. Why are we talking about that? 
So and and Odell's not going to be traded unless he were to do something stupid this offseason. Um, and I've been critical of Odell in the past, you know, mainly for that Josie Anderson interview, uh, the the sideline stuff. It, it doesn't bother me. It bothered me after the Josie Anderson interview, um, but that stuff in its own and the whole both thing that doesn't bother me. You know, that's 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 players. That's players with passion. But anyways, it just it blows my mind that we're just where they're just making up trade rumors, especially when a guy like Antonio Brown is acting like a jerk, making a fool out of himself. You have plenty to talk about with that guy. I don't know if they're sick of talking about him or what, but you think they'd be sick of talking about Odell, knowing that he is not going to be traded. We said, Dave Gettleman said, clear cut, we did not sign him to trade him. There's been no speculation of that. And because Jay Glazier you know, got pressured for a hot take and Doug Gottlieb wants to bash the guy, all of a sudden we're, we're doing the Odell trade talk. It's, it's, it's mind-numbing. Um, and then the other one, I don't, even, I don't even want to mention the guy's name because it's it's so stupid and it's, it's the fact that it's become a narrative is ridiculous that Russell Wilson is going to play for the Giants when his contract's up for yeah, Seattle. I'm not going to name the guy who brought this up because that's what he wants. He wants, you know, he's trying to keep in the business and, and needed to do a show today. But uh, that's just that's just nonsense. What, because uh, his wife likes New York, it's better for her career. He's just going to leave Seattle where he went to two Super Bowls, one one has a is locked up long term and it just where does that come from and and it just it's just literally made up out of thin air um but it gives him ratings all right uh let's see what do we have anything else before we get to this interview uh the combine is next week uh that should be exciting we'll probably do a show in the middle of that kyler murray is obviously going to be the talk of the combine uh, what he participates in, hand size, height, weight. I think that's going to be all the big things, obviously, um, because those are the, those are really the biggest questions marks. It's not his game; that's his question mark. It's it's his measurables. Uh, Haskins, you will you know we'll see what he does. Although I don't think he has much to gain, and uh, I don't think he could lose too much at the comedy unless he just absolutely flopped on every drill. Um. Yeah, but I mean the combine is always fun because it and he's, and almost you know the league year hasn't started, but it kind of turns the clock. We get ready for the draft. Uh, obviously, everyone saw that Lewis Riddick came out and said that he would draft Dwayne Haskins no deal, uh, <clears throat> uh, like in a, in a second. I'm not saying I'm not against Dwayne Haskins. I I right now <clears throat> I do have him as my number one QB. I haven't watched all. 14 games yet. I've only watched, uh, you know, broken down Michigan and Purdue. We'll do more of that later as the draft comes closer. Oh, also Scott Simonson <clears throat> was signed uh, to another one-year deal. It's a it's a good depth move. Obviously, Evan Ingram slated to be a starter there. That could give us the flexibility to move on from Red Ellison, give us a little more cap space because you know S- Scott Simonson's a great blocker, and <clears throat> he could kind of he his, as far as a route runner, he was very similar to Ellison. He ended up getting a touchdown at the end of the year against the Colts. So I really like him. Um, he's a Gruden grinder on my other show, Simple Man Radio. So that's definitely a good move on him. Let's see, what else do we got here? Okay, I think that's it. We're not going to talk Nick Foles, obviously. Uh, Case Keenum, that was silly. Obviously, that's not happening. All right, <clears throat> so let's do it. Uh, thanks for tuning into the solo show. We're going to kick it to an interview with New York Giants legend, two-time Super Bowl champion, Brandon Jacobs. We released this uh, interview on Civil Man Radio the Monday at the Super Bowl. So if you already listened to that, it's the same one. That being said, if you haven't, listen to it now. 
Make sure to subscribe, rate, and review. We've got a quick word from our sponsors, and we'll finish the show off with the interview. And then until next week, myself and Danny King will be back. We'll see you guys then. Go Big Blue. All right, so a lot of people are starting podcasts today. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Their creation tools allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one play. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You'll be glad you did. All right, we now welcome onto the program a very special guest. He's a two-time Super Bowl champion. He holds the record for touchdowns in New York Giants history. Brandon Jacobs, how you doing, Brandon? Hey, guys, how you doing? Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, of course. Uh, so we actually got linked up. Uh, you're coaching the team now. You know, we, you know, Silverman Radio made a, you know, a small donation. Before we kind of talk about your career, uh, tell us you know, what you're up to and, and how, how the team's going. Program here in Alpharetta, Georgia, and uh, the North Atlanta Giants. We got some, some, you know, we got a good bit of kids in the program, and we're just trying to, you know, just learn, you know, uh, and develop, uh, you know, build, you know, build, build character, and you know, so on and so forth. Man, I love, I love doing what I do with, with the uh, kids, and, and just, you know, just keeping them, you know, grounded, and, uh, and it's always a great opportunity to work with them. So, you know, I, I really, you know, I. I St. Francis, my uh, coach, running back at St. Francis High School, which has been another great thing that I've gotten involved in, and absolutely love it. Yeah, definitely, man. And you know, you and I both know that you know playing football and being a part of that team is something that could really mold a kid and, and you know turn a a boy into a man. And then you know whether you know you play college or not, it gives you opportunities down the road to you know gain friendships. That being said, uh, you not many people know. I mean, a few people do that you played at Auburn. To start your college career, uh-huh. and uh, you sh- you were playing behind you know Ronnie Brown and Cadillac Williams, who were both two top five picks. Uh-huh. Uh, I know you transferred, but at at that time, was it? Did you just realize like those guys were real deal like greats, or did you kind of have like battles within yourself to like, man, maybe is am, am I going to work out? No, I always knew I was a great one. I'm just not sounding crazy, but. Um, yeah, I knew I was great. I just wanted to play college ball. I know I could make it to the league, then uh, next level, and be just as you know, just as good as anybody. I just needed an opportunity to showcase myself. What I wouldn't even say showcase myself because I didn't really have the NFL on my mind like that uh, when I was in college. I just wanted to play. I wanted to play my senior. I want to have I want to have my senior season where I just played. You know, just played football and have fun. You know, and I ended up, you know, going where I wanted to go. Yeah, definitely, and you know, obviously you transferred, and I mean that was kind of you know, if you look at it, it kind of the story of your career, where you, you, you know, you come back behind those two guys, and you know, kind of have you know more more of a successful career than those guys, you know, not not taking anything away from them, and then when you came into the league, you're drafted by the Giants, obviously, and playing behind Tiki Barber, who, you know, was an all time great, and Coughlin really got the best out of, but uh, things propelled, and you and you know you became the starter once Tiki retired. Uh, so you know, like like you said, started the, got the starting job in two thousand seven, and I think a lot of people didn't expect anything out of Eli at that time. Uh, and you guys ended up winning the Super Bowl, but 
Like, you know, at what point in that season did you guys realize, like, hey, you know, we got a chance because it was, you know, it was an up and down season? Well, um, the opportunity, arrived, you know, came uh, when we made the playoffs, right? So we got in the playoffs and we know we had a, 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 an opportunity to do something special, uh, especially after we played the Patriots so tight in Week 17. We was already in the playoffs then, you know, but um, we just wanted to go and, and we would, well, we were 10 and 6 that season, so we really wanted to go and just, uh, finish off and, you know, start, you know, you know, start the new season, you know, playoffs and, and try to get as far as we possibly can. But playing and winning today definitely gave us a lot of confidence at first. Yeah, definitely. I, I want to kind of chronicle that season because it was such a, or that playoffs because it was kind of wild. You know, you guys lost to the, the Cowboys twice and beating the playoffs. And I mean, one of my favorite moments from that game was you slamming that ball into the play clock and it sounded like an explosion. Oh uh, man, was that like one of the most fulfilling moments of of that that playoffs? Was just <laughs> letting all those Dallas fans know that you know we're we're here. Yeah, for I mean, for me, I was on my mind as a major sign of disrespect. And that's what all, that's all I was thinking. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna disrespect this whole building, and that's what I'm gonna do. I, I, I love that, Brandon. You know, I'm a big fan of. I you know, obviously, guys are more friends in the league, and they're swapping jerseys after games. But I do believe, you know, if you have, you know, during, you know, within that 60 minutes, you hate that other person, I really think it gives you a mental edge. And I think right. you and those Absolutely. other Giants played like that, you know? Absolutely. Um, so, you know, uh, going into that NFC Championship game against Green Bay, everybody knows, you know, Lawrence Times misses those first two field goals to win the game. And uh, so he goes after that third in overtime. Uh, was were you guys like you know begging Cawthon like you know don't let us let us go for it and convert on fourth? Or, no, or did... no, 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 no. We we, re- we definitely encouraged uh, Lawrence to go out. We encouraged him and uh, Afigos at the time to to go out. And Coach Cawthon saw him running out and ended up calling field goal. <laughs> but it kind of gave him no 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 chance but to go you know kick a field goal. Right, right. You know, we believe in we, we know times are hard sometimes. And guys just got to lock in and focus. But now, now one time, do we ever not have confidence in that, that, that Lawrence will do the, uh, get the job done? Yeah, definitely, man. I mean, as you know, I was you know young at the time, and it was, it was a magical time. Uh, so, obviously, you guys go up to the Super Bowl against, you know, the 18-0 Patriots. You know, people are saying it was the greatest team of all time. You know, but you guys, like you said, you guys played them tough in that Week 17 game. And I think that game gave you guys a lot of confidence. Uh, kind of run us through, like, maybe what, what was, like, one, like, moment, you know, obviously besides that final drive that, like, stuck out in your mind from that game? Well, I mean, just the beginning of the game when we had the ball, we got the ball first and took 10 minutes off the clock. I knew we would, I knew, I knew we would be in it at the end right there just, just because of that first drive. Now we took it down and got only three, but we took ten minutes off the clock. And anytime you can keep Tom Brady in that offense off the field, you're kind of you know you're winning, you know. So that was when I saw that it just let me know we that we had an opportunity. Yeah, definitely. And then so like fast forward into you know that that famous David Tyree helmet catch. You know, I, I went back and looked at it, and you on that play, you run out on the flats. You know, you look to see if Eli's looking your way, and you see Eli wrapped up on third and ten. Uh, did you did, at that point, like you know, for that second, you were like, "Oh, it's it's over." You know, <laughs> we you know, this is it. You know, we didn't win the Super Bowl. Uh, no, I just as long as I saw, I saw him fighting, I just I, I was waiting for them to blow it dead. Is what I was really waiting for, and they didn't. And they, I guess, as long as he had, he had momentum going, it wasn't 
could move, then I guess they kept it, you know, they, they kept it alive, even when he was running backwards. You know, but, uh, it, they kept it, you know, they, you know, they kept it going. I didn't never have that one. You know, I think that was third down anyway, maybe. And, uh, I, I don't I can't remember what down it was, but I, I do know we had, it wasn't fourth down. And we still had opportunities. So I never not thought that we wasn't going to win. I just, I, I felt like they were, you know, that we were going to be put in a, a, a tougher situation uh, to try to win. You know, if, if that play don't happen, then you never know what happens to the game, but we still would have had opportunity to win the game. Yeah, man. So, uh, you know, obviously, you know, Plax hits that, uh, he hits that, you know, that, that game winning touchdown. You guys won the Super Bowl. Uh, you guys, you know, you guys went, but you know, four years before the next one. I, I want to talk a little bit about the time in between there. Uh, obviously, that next year, you guys started out like eight and oh, nine and oh, something like that. Um, and obviously, you know, the famous three to Cleveland. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Destroyed us. Yeah, Monday Night Football. I remember that. Um, destroyed us in Cleveland. You know, yeah, and and Plax was, you know, he was a little banged up, and then, you know, the infamous shooting happened. You know. Uh, you know, you guys made the playoffs, but at that was it at that moment where you guys were like, "Oh, this is this isn't good," and and seems you know things from the outside seem like they kind of unraveled from then on. Uh, what you know, what was the locker room like when that happened? We had a um, we had a, a offensive plan that were the same plan, old fashioned football, make you play cover two, put a safety on top of flats. And leaves six or seven men in the box, right? And so you do that, and you do that to stop the big plays to players, right? So what happens then? Twenty-seven and forty-four is running wild. You do that, right? Right. Plax goes down. The whole thing happened with Plax, and that kind of took everything away from us because we no longer had that. We no longer had that uh, that presence. Yeah, well, should say we no longer had it, but they didn't treat the other wide receivers like they treat seventeen. So it was kind of you know it, it kind of difficult because we no longer had that plan. Now, now you know now we had to put some stuff together, but it just kind of ruined our. It just, it just ruined the little thing that we did have. There was nothing you could do to stop us, even though you know what we we're planning on doing. You can't let seventeen beat you with big plays. You gotta. You got to count on your guys making a tackle on 44 and 27. That's what you had to count on. And it, it worked for us. Yeah, definitely. You know, I remember, you know, you you and Ahmad Bradshaw were running like crazy that year. And like you said, you know, that, that over-the-top, uh, you know, it's, you know, plaques, you know, that kind of ruined the mojo. Um, but then, you know, you guys ended up getting back to the Super Bowl a few years later. Uh, what was the biggest difference, you know, from that first Super Bowl going into the second one? Well, I'll tell you what, the team we had the first time, or the second time, after we won the Super Bowl, was a hell of a lot better than the other team three years later ended up, that ended up winning the Super Bowl. So we had everything we need uh, uh, on that team to win. Now, the second time around, we had a, a particularly new team. We had a new team from the 2007 Super Bowl. We had added some guys with some big pieces. Added Antrell Rowe, Deion Grant. You know, we, we had uh, Chris Kansas. You know, we had some dogs, man. You know, and we we, we put it together. You know, we just made up our minds on what we wanted to play. You know, and it's and that's and that's what, what it was, man. Like. Yeah, definitely. We, we made up our minds on what we wanted to play the football game, and we did it the way we wanted to do it. Even when, 
Yeah, definitely. And, and you know, I think Tom Coughlin is one of the most underrated coaches of all time. I think he's always been a guy that, you know, his players respect, even though, you know, I think he's soft. You know, I, you could, you know, speak a lot better, but it seemed like he's he softened up a little bit more towards the end of his career. Um, that being said, when Tom Coughlin was let go by the Giants, uh, you know, there was a lot, a lot of support for him. Uh, what, what was the feeling of, of you guys, you know, like, you know, guys like you and, and David Deal and Ahmad? Uh, when that happened, was it kind of bitterness towards the Giants or, or what? Mm-hmm. No, it wasn't bitterness. We understood the business. We were pissed off about it, but we understand the business. And all day, football's been there for years. It's, 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 it's football. It's years that the NFL existed where a lot of people still aren't living from that year. So the game's going to always outlive us, and we know that. Um, it's just the fact that, you know, that it was close call from that guy. Want to show for the Giants, we're upset for that, but still understood the business. Yeah, so. def- definitely. And and kind of speaking the same thing, you know, we're we're recording this halfway through the season, so you know we haven't seen exactly how the season's going to finish out when we release this. But obviously, Eli's under a lot of heat. Um, he hasn't played great, but the offensive line has struggled. Um, what do you what do you think the deal is with Eli? You know, do you think it's just he's getting older, or is the offensive line? Or, you know, what do you, what do you think the state of the Giants is right now? Well, I don't really know the issue. Well, I know that team is loaded with talent. I do know that. <clears throat> right? I don't know what's the problem. And I can't blame Tim because it takes a lot of other people to contribute. Eli had 400 passing yards the other night. One touchdown last Monday night. Uh, with, against the Falcons. I don't know what he did t- today. I kind of I haven't really paid attention to it. But um, I, I can't really tell you the issue. I just think that, that I think I just think football is changing. All these offensive schemes are changing and more like running gun type of stuff. But, you know, there's other quarterbacks in the league that's not a running guy who, who's doing well right now, you know. So it, it, it's not all about being a mobile quarterback. He, like, came into the league as a rookie, not mobile. So he's not moving out. So just playing on what he does, it doesn't, the way he, you know, his, his success doesn't come from being being mobile and never has. So to say that's what he need to be, that's kind of a stretch. But I, I can, I honestly can't tell you the problem. What's going on? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, like you like you said. Uh, and then obviously there's been a lot of drama with Odell. Who Odell is a great talent, and and me personally, like some of the, the sideline stuff and and other things that never really bothered me. But I'll say the one thing that actually ever worried me about him was that interview with Justine Anderson where he really kind of, you know, called the team out without letting the team know that he was even doing that interview. As a guy in the locker room, what would be your reaction to that? Would it be something that where you're pissed off at him for a couple of days and then you figure it out? Or is that something where a team's not performing where it's long-lasting bitterness? Uh, it would have been handled a lot different as because we had a committee pretty much on our team. So it would, it would have been discussed on how on how it would have been handled, you know what I mean? So whatever that committee would have came up with, you know, which would have, you know, myself, Strahan, you know, uh, Eli, and a couple other, you got Antonio Pierce, uh, and, and, you know, Monty Toom, or guys, you know, guys like that. So um, we would have came up with something. Uh, not sure what it could have been, but, you know, 
today. Um, I respect his ability. I respect everything you know that he does. And a lot of these kids out here today, including my own kids, just Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham, Odell Beckham is not another guy even exists in the league. You know what I mean? And they all are watching him every time. And I just hope he, I just hope he knows that. You know, the guy hasn't done anything to get in a big trouble. You know, he's had some uh, issues as far as, you know, handling certain situations with the team. But as far as, as long as he's not out there getting in trouble and doing all the crazy dumb stuff, I, I think I can deal with him. Right. You know, the other stuff is minor. And I guess, you know, you just got to get a hold of it and just figure it out. You know, he's, he, he's still growing. He's still growing as well. So, I mean, you know. He's got, I think, you know, I, and I see him now taking the extra mile to go shake people's hands and talk to them, talk to kids, take pictures and stuff, and stuff like that. I think he'll be okay once this, once we get, once we can get this season behind us. I try to finish it on a, on a, 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 a positive note. You know, I think, I think next year it can be a lot better for this football team. Yeah, definitely. So I, I want to finish it off with one last question. Uh, basically, is there any guys that you're still really close with from the team, like maybe Ahmad Bradshaw or the other guys, where you're, you know, you guys are spending, you know, vacations together or anything? Uh, Ahmad is my little brother. You know, we all got different things going on. We all have different schedules, so it's always kind of hard to link up unless it's something the Giants are playing. And then, you know, we kind of we kind of pause our schedules for a little bit for that. You know, for a lot of stuff like that. But I still talk to everybody. Yeah. You know, I just saw Plexico last weekend, and you know, man, like like that's my big brother right there. So you know, we good. I talk to Tiki all the time. I, I talk to a lot of a, a lot of people, man. It's, it's awesome to have been a part of a such great team, such great organization as like the New York Giants, and having great teammates like I had, man. It, it, it was awesome. So yeah, we definitely keep in touch, and I keep in touch with most of them. Definitely. Well, Brandon, we, man, we thanks for you coming on. You know, you're a great guest. We're glad to have you on. You're, you're an all-time yeah. great, all-time, you know, two-part, two Super Bowl champions. You'll go, you'll go down in Giants history, man. So we appreciate you coming on. Yeah. All right, thank you, man. I appreciate uh, you. All right, man. Have a good one. Uh. All right, thanks for listening to the latest episode of Giants Nation Podcast. Make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. And go check out some man radio if you can. Follow our socials. Mine is at Bobby Skinner, NFL. Danny's is at Danny King. W-E-G, we're at Giants Nation Pod, and follow at Simple Man Radio for, for uh, poops and giggles. We'll see you guys next week.